Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this afternoon was King David. King David bills himself as the world's only quit porn strategist. He offers his clients one-on-one personalized coaching solutions as they seek to beat their pornography addiction. So this is a conversation that I've certainly wanted to have on the podcast for a long time and and one that I hope to continue having uh, going forward. You know, uh, David is very upfront and very honest about his own struggles with pornography, uh, but in a heroic way, was able to beat that demon, cleanse himself, and return to the community to uplift others and and now help other men, um, you know, remove that demon from their life, find out why why they choose to use pornography and and go down that path with them as far as, you know, cleaning up and becoming uh, the man they need to be. So uh, again, a conversation I really wanted to have for two reasons, one being the idea of pornography uh, as a social phenomenon, as a drug, and um, how far we should go in regulating it. David goes so far as to say he wants to burn the $100 billion porn industry to the ground, you know, all power to him. Um, second, this was the first time I'd reached into the Twitterverse. You know, there's a lot of really influential and strong personalities on Twitter. A lot of great information out there. And uh, you will find sometimes behind the avatar is a real person uh, with a real life who's more than willing to have a great conversation with you. So hoping to do that as well moving forward. So in the meantime, please enjoy this one, an informative one, an enlightening one, and one for men and women of all ages all people of all ages. How about that? Anybody can be, anybody can succumb to the demon of pornography. Enough. Please enjoy this one. A conversation with the world's only quit porn strategist, King David. That'll work. That's bold. I like it. <laughs> we like fortune favors the bold, as they say. Yeah. Okay. King David, thank you for coming on the North Bank Media Podcast. It's uh, it's great to meet you virtually and looking forward to digging in on some stuff with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I've been looking forward to it. I would say it, I appreciate your willingness to do this. I've been lurking on Twitter and following guys like you, personalities, gurus, if you will. And you're the first guy I ever said, Oh, fuck it and reached out and, and asked you to, to to do something together and you said yes so uh, let's say uh maybe one positive thing of social media is bringing people together like this oh yeah absolutely man i used to host a podcast and i'm kind of getting back into the podcasting world and that was one thing that always took me by surprise mm-hmm. is i'd ask people like pat sedman ed Lattimore, zach small sure um to name a few i know there were others i can't recall but I never, never, I think I only got like one person tell me no. Wow. So I definitely encourage you to reach out to people that you wouldn't expect to say yes, because everybody, I mean, people love getting on podcasts. So Absolutely. go for it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, and, and those guys that you mentioned, like Stedman and, and Ed Lattimore, they have, they have big followings. They at least present themselves as being, you know, pretty influential. Right. Yeah. And I, I had a, wonderful time hosting pat sedman hmm. ed Lattimore, not not as much i think we kind of got off on the wrong foot oh, but really? <laughs> I, the, yeah i think <laughs> i made some mistakes as a podcast sure. that he wasn't 
um, expecting. So mm. it just kind of messed with the flow of it, which I hopefully that doesn't happen here today. <laughs> oh, well, hey, messing up on this show is, is par for the course, man. I hope we both mess up a little bit and expose ourselves, you know. Yeah, um, hey, I have a tendency to mess up in mixed metaphors, so oh, to be on the lookout for those, yeah. Okay, right on. We'll keep a running list of, of mixed metaphors. Um, I guess maybe just for the listeners, give just like the elevator pitch of kind of what your business and what your services are these days and, and kind of where people can get more info about you. Yeah, of course. So my name is King David. I am the world's only quit porn strategist. I help men in their porn addiction in 30 days or less. And Lord willing, I will go down in history as the man who held the match that burned the porn industry to the ground. I help men end their porn addiction with mm-hmm. two of my quit porn strategies that I've researched over the years and pieced together from various different things. And they were mm-hmm. ultimately what led me to end my nine, almost 10 year long mm-hmm. porn addiction called meta separation and systemic stimuli reduction. Cool. Essentially, what I do is I help rewire the subconscious mind of men so that way when they're faced with porn or temptation or whatever it may be their response is that man i really want to watch this but i can't Mm. their response is i really don't want to watch this because my life is better without it Mm. so i'm the world's only quit porn strategist ex-hypnotist but i probably need certification to actually call (laughs) myself a hypnotist so i don't really roll with that one (laughs) no no sweat no is hypnotism then that's part of your part of your deal part of what you offer indirectly mm-hmm. i i don't explicitly hypnotize people but because what i do is so so much of it is mental and it mm-hmm. really does work to address the subconscious and what your subconscious mind's response to porn and mm-hmm. erotic stimuli is sure. i think i accidentally hypnotize people <laughs> Well, that, I don't think I actually hypnotized them. Okay. Well, hey, whatever works truly. I'm, <laughs> I mean, as you know, pornography is a, it's a, it's a, it's a well, I'm not going to call it a drug right at this moment, but it's a, it, it is a stimuli that is so powerful and hits us on such a deep level that it may require some real reprogramming to get us out of that uh, hold, out of that addiction. Yeah. And in my experience, it was something that had I either had the resources or the know-how to reach out to people, it would have not taken as long for me to quit. But, Mm. you know, on my end, working with people one-on-one, I've worked with men who have been addicted to porn for 20 years plus, and then we start working together. And within two weeks, they're blown away by how long they've managed to stay off of porn. And by the end of the 30 days, they're living their best life ever. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and I guess for some people, right, it comes down to do you need help? Do you not need help? Well, mm-hmm. for some people, or this is what I would say, it, it, I think it really comes down to how badly do you want to get it out of your life? Hmm. You know, if you want to be done with it, if you're sick and tired of living with the addiction for who knows how long and you just want it out, mm-hmm. come work with me. Mm-hmm. If you're not in a rush, then, you know, trial and error. Yes. And there is something to be said for that where it's like if, if like I – Personally, I realized I it was time to stop use of pornography, but I didn't pursue any sort of education or coaching for it. I did just go in on a personal uh, trial and error, and it took a long time, probably longer than if I just asked for some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tends to be the case for a lot of things, even outside of like porn, right? Like if I wanted to relay this to me growing my online business, sure. I went from most of 
I went from June till about December of last year, I guess maybe closer to July of just kind of Mm -hmm. trying things out on my own, not really sure what I was doing to Mm -hmm. then this, this year, 2021, actually Mm -hmm. like hiring a sales coach and hiring business coaches and getting one-on-one help from people. I all of a sudden went from making hundreds of dollars a month to making thousands a month. And now I'm, you know, I'm the world's only quit porn strategist full time. I'm able to do what I love when I want to do it, where I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fact of the matter is it's all because of Twitter, right? You know, you started off the podcast Mm -hmm. mentioning that, wow, Twitter is, you know, it's, I guess that's the one good thing that's came from the social media experience has been able to Mm -hmm. connect and reach out to people. And then on my end, right, it's like, I'll tell people Twitter changed my life. And I know that sounds corny, Mm. but like the truth is, is Twitter changed my life. You know, I wouldn't be talking to you had I not started a Twitter account back in July of 2021. Okay. Twitter changed my life too. I have no bones about saying that. I think as far back as 2017, uh, when I started following guys like um, Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, uh, Dylan Madden, these guys, also a bunch of these guys that were into drop shipping, but it, it was a it was a mindset shift that you were alone were responsible for your life. That was the big change. And if you're a victim, then you're a victim of yourself. Right. Yeah. No. That's uh, that's even something that I teach men when it comes to quitting porn. Right. As a whole, like it's it's tricky because what ends up happening is across the board, the men that I've talked to, they rarely stumbled on porn on their own Mm -hmm. there was always something that was put in their path that Mm. led them to it whether it be you know the older dudes that stumbled across uh dad's playboy stash that he kept under the bed Mm -hmm. or in something as crazy as kids going to church and their church friends telling them about porn and masturbation and then them finding it that way so what ends up happening and i i help people i help men accept this right that it's Mm. it's not their fault that they found porn Mm it's not their fault per se that they're addicted to it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's their responsibility. You, they have to take responsibility for the addiction and yeah. then it's their responsibility to move forward and get rid of it. Right. And that's the whole thing that men have to accept with their own lives with so many things is it's your responsibility to fix your problems, to get your shit mm-hmm. in order right. and to move forward. Right. Whether that be, fitness, whether that be addictions, whether that be finances, Mm -hmm. spirituality, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. as a man, it is our fundamental responsibility to (laughs) take responsibility. Truly. Yeah. Very well said. Now, when you work with these guys that you coach, are you finding a trend in in modern men or or not even your clients, but just generally where there is a lack of, of personal responsibility or there's this, I didn't even think about taking responsibility. I was just kind of enjoying life getting handed to me like are you seeing a trend here as far as responsibility goes i've worked with some men that are kind of the stereotypical what you would expect to be a porn addict Mm -hmm. and then i've also worked with men who are making you know sometimes making over 6k in one month And the one thing they can't get rid of is their porn addiction. Hmm. So in some regards, it's men that have taken full responsibility and porn is the one thing that's preventing them from living their best life. Hmm. And then on the other end, they need to quit porn so they can start to get everything else in order. Right. 
And and porn is probably one of the worst, one of the most insidious drugs as far as how it drains uh, anybody, regardless of their gender, I think. But regard, uh, you know, drains a man of his of his life force, of his drive, of his his need to to just build and to be. You know, it it just it's like a pacifier. You know, right? Does that seem right? right? And that's and that's yeah. Well, I 100 percent agree with that. And that's one thing that I'll teach men, you know, right away is kind of that perspective change or that perspective shift, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mentioned that quitting porn, at least if you're learning from me, a lot of it is mental. And one of the things that you have to recognize is, yeah, it's, you're not just watching porn. You're not just, Mm -hmm. you know, getting pleasure from looking at naked women that you'll never be able to be with, let alone talk Mm -hmm. to. It's also the fact that you have this innate desire to procreate, Mm -hmm. which inherently means you want to create. Mm -hmm. So every time you turn to porn, you're wasting your creative energy you're wasting your sexual energy you're wasting your masculine energy Mm -hmm. when you could channel that into something right like i tell people i would not have an online business if Mm -hmm. i were still a porn addict sure my Mm -hmm. online business just so happens to be helping men quit porn but the matter of the fact is i would not have had the mental energy the clarity the productivity or even the ambition to sit down and do some of what I do, right? Because with all work, no matter how the gurus paint it, like there is an aspect of online business that is so mind-numbingly boring <laughs> <laughs> that I'll procrastinate on it just as much as I would on a college exam. Sure. You know, but at the end of the day, had I not broken my addiction, then it would have just been, oh yeah, you know, I could do an online business or I could go watch, you know, random people have sex on the internet. <laughs> And the tricky part, right, is if you look at our our drives as men mm-hmm. or our drives as primal beings, there's really two things that push us to survive, right? And that's to eat food, because if we do not eat, we die. Yes. And to have sex, because if we do not have sex, that our genes die. Right. Right. So we're rewarded when we engage in those two activities with dopamine a lot of people know dopamine to be just the reward but it also acts as the motivator right so when you start to pursue food so if we go way back to hunter gatherer when we would start to pursue food Mm. and find some we would get you know dopamine would release it would act as a motivator to tell us to keep doing that to keep pursuing those things so the same thing happens when we see an attractive or a fertile woman Mm. our brain is releasing dopamine and it's telling us to pursue her impregnate her Mm. and have children so we can take over the world Mm. so not only is our drive to have sex the drive to have sex it's also the drive to conquer in an in 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 one way or another so when you turn to porn you are surrendering your masculine energy over to something Mm -hmm. that is not going to multiply into something that's greater than you are right so you know, in the in the in the dopamine, the whole thing with the dopamine is I I tell people, right, you're not addicted to porn per se. You're addicted to dopamine. Mm. You're addicted to using porn as an unhealthy coping mechanism because you as a man do not know how to face your negative emotions. Mm. But as far as dopamine goes, something happens in our brains when we see a naked woman. We get a little dopamine hit, we get a little reward, and then we want to see more or we want to pursue that particular individual. So what ends up happening with porn is porn is a super stimulus in the fact that you see one photo, mm-hmm. 
and then you see another photo and within a 27 second time frame you've already looked at 43 photos so your brain is just being overloaded by dopamine and then you know that's only magnified or you know it increases when you then turn to porn videos right and you and we've all and you know most men have all been there i think anybody who says they haven't is bullshitting themselves but you turn to porn and you're looking for that right clip and when you find what you like the dopamine is going to hit even more and then of course orgasm and then just bam so what ends up happening is you're with all addictions is you're reinforcing that habit feedback loop Mm. and then with porn and well it's just addictions in general right it's Mm -hmm. running through your mesolimbic dopaminergic reward system which is just the reward system or the reward circuitry and what happens is after all that dopamine or all those other chemicals go through your brain Mm -hmm. the dopamine receptors are retracted essentially because there's too much dopamine they don't know how to respond to it Mm. so they need to take it away so that's where things like tolerance come in and the tricky part with porn is it's not so much so that you want more porn Mm -hmm. it's that you want different porn right so that's why when you start off with you know the vanilla titty pics three years later that no longer does the job you're Mm -hmm. looking at you know god knows what and one Mm -hmm. thing that i help clients work with right is is the whole notion of they are looking at porn that they are not attracted to or they know logically they're not attracted to Mm. and they're, you know, they're watching content or fetishes or whatever it is that they want, that they would never want to replicate in their real lives. So one thing that I have to help people realize is you are not watching this content because you're actually sexually attracted to it. Mm. You're watching this content because that's what gives you the dopamine hit that gives you full satisfaction in this addiction feedback loop. Sure. So it's not that you like watching you know, yeah. really strange things. Sure. It's just, that's what your brain needs to get off. Very interesting. So it, it, in some ways it's a chemical addiction rather than a behavioral addiction. It's yes. So there's two different components to it, right? So there's, there is the chemical addiction. There's the chemical dependency that your brain has created on dopamine. And mm-hmm. which is why you go without porn, you feel groggy, you right. feel a lack of motivation. You have no ambition to get up and do anything. You know, you're depressed. You feel mm. desensitized to life. Sure. This classic, classic dopamine withdrawal symptoms. Mm. But then the other side is I'll also have to help dudes work through the pattern where they'll relapse, but it, they know that it's purely out of impulse or it's purely out of habit. Mm-hmm. So it's also behavioral or emotional in the sense that, you know, since with the dopamine, release that happens you're classically conditioning yourself so men will feel bad and then they'll watch porn and they'll do that over and over and over again and what happens is the dopamine release reinforces that hey last time we did this we felt bad and i feel bad right now so why don't i go watch porn to not feel bad anymore um the tricky part with the relapse cycle as i call it or as as other you know the quit porn gurus or whatever Mm -hmm. talk about is the whole you feel bad so you and then you stumble on a trigger, whether that be an image or an emotional mm-hmm. trigger or an internal trigger. Mm-hmm. And then you have an urge to watch porn and then you relapse because you didn't handle the urge properly. And then you feel bad because you relapsed. Yes. yes. So it's just it's a nonstop cycle. So one thing I have to help dudes realize is like, look, if you're going to break the relapse cycle, you have to stop letting your relapses, you know, beat you down. Mm-hmm. You have to 
not feel bad about that. And you have to ultimately recognize that if you can learn from your relapses, if you can find the holes in your defense and you can Mm. fortify your Mm. defense afterwards and be prepared for a future relapse, then as far as I'm concerned, that relapse was, you know, an opportunity um, and a good one at that, you know, because there are some things that you can learn from your relapses Mm. that you are not going to be aware of without that perspective without that clean perspective or without, you know, hitting that post nut clarity. Um, and there's actually a scientific reason for post nut clarity. And what, that was one of the fundamental keys for me, right. That what I learned that, that it actually made I made serious headway in quitting porn is because what happens when you watch porn and when you have sex, a part of your brain called the lateral orbital frontal cortex, which is responsible for logical, thinking and rational decision-making and Mm -hmm. even responses to certain emotions like fear and anxiety, that part of your brain starts to shut down, right? So this even reinforces the primal nature of sex even more because you're not thinking logically, you're not making a rational decision. But when it comes to porn addiction, that's why, despite the fact that that red X button is always at the top of your screen, Hmm. or you could always shut your screen off or close it or whatever it is, that thought never crosses your mind. Hmm. And then as soon as you're done watching porn and post-nut clarity hits, that part of your brain's turning back on. And then you're like, holy Moses, I cannot believe I just did that. Right. So one thing that I teach people is I've had some clients refer to it as pre-nut clarity. (laughs) They're able to keep that logical part of their brain on nice, and see porn for what it really is and then realize, yeah, I don't want to do that. Hmm. That's fascinating stuff. And I appreciate you bringing the sort of what I would call psychology or this, the biology almost of, of the science to this. Um, do you, I guess I'm curious, do you have a, a sense of why most men turn to pornography? Like, you know, and there's got to be social factors in there as far as it, it can be hard to, uh, pursue a woman and to have a meaningful relationship or sometimes men we like a little bit of variability we like to have sex with multiple women and that's right can be difficult too but pornography in a way um is a cheap imitation for that right so there's i i often tell people you you you've probably seen me tweet a few times that you don't watch porn because you're horny you watch porn because you're hurting mm. Yes, because of the nature of porn, since you are looking at sexually explicit imagery or content or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it feels sexual. But nine times out of 10, you know, and even if I am to recall back from my years of porn addiction, Mm -hmm. or if I'm going to bring the immediacy of what I've noticed with working with my clients Mm -hmm. is they will tell you, yeah, I don't watch porn because I'm horny. I'm watching it because I'm really stressed out. And I don't know what to do about that stress. So what happens is man will experience a buildup of negative emotional tension. Mm. And because he knows that he can experience a physical release of tension through ejaculation, mm-hmm. it's easier to turn to porn or any other vice right. to induce a feeling that you want to feel that's desirable And, you know, let's be honest, the feelings of arousal and masculine empowerment you get from looking at naked women or just the experience of sex in general, Mm -hmm. you know, is unmatched. That is like the pinnacle of masculine empowerment or masculine strength. Mm -hmm. You they'll pursue that as opposed to working through their stress or figuring Mm -hmm. out what it is they're anxious about. 
because it's always it's easier to turn to the porn or the drug or the substance or whatever it is, mm-hmm. as opposed to facing the emotions that are driving them to pursue a different way of feeling. Sure. You know, they feel bad. They want to feel a different way. Um, sometimes you know, the desire to watch porn will come from a sexual place. But what I tell what I tell men is you want to recognize that, yes, you you want to have sex, but what you really are feeling or what I'll tell people is, right, it's like you could watch porn or you could use that time and energy to pursue something that's going to get you one step closer to actually being with a real woman. Mm. So that effectively allows them to channel their sexual energy and use it towards something that's going to benefit them. Right. You know, myself, um, I am a Christian, but it's also my own belief that I'm going to save myself for marriage. Mm. And for me, right, that means, okay, I could watch porn and get off, or I could use this energy to actually go find my wife. Mm. You know, I could go find her. And even outside of wanting to save sex for marriage and a lot of that is it's not just because you know some book has told me to do it i believe that sex is sacred it is an energy exchange it's two souls connecting Mm. and i know that i do not want to compromise and give something that intimate away to just anyone and outside of that i've always wanted to be a father and a husband and to think that that you know that requires me to be comfortable with the desire to fuck essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're not comfortable with that desire, and that's one thing that a lot of men are not comfortable with is they, they they'll feel this like tension building in them where they're just like, man, I want to have sex. And so they go masturbate as opposed to using that energy to lift weights, start a business, meet women, whatever it might be. That's actually going to have real world applications. And in the long run, benefit their sex life right right because it comes down to instant gratification you could watch porn or long-term gratification you could do this thing that will get you one step closer to this other thing that's going to be a million times better than watching porn so Mm -hmm. even yeah so there's so there's there's a lot (laughs) oh there's a lot for sure there's a lot that goes into this man i've had a lot of time to sit and think and talk about it with people that's good that's why you're here I wonder, like, the problem it seems to be then is that, well, for myself, and it sounded like for you, the story that I heard is we got hooked on on this content very young at a time when we didn't even, couldn't even conceive of what that might be, why that would be a problem, right? And then you go down this path of addiction uh, where you you don't even really, you don't even know what human sexuality is because of pornography. And I would actually say that having broken my addiction more recently, and I'm, I'm over 30, uh, I'm now truly understanding what human sexuality is. Um, are you finding that you're maybe working with these men who just, they're, they're actually just completely out of touch with the reality of human uh, relations and, and human being even? That's a good question. I target men who feel like everything else in their life is going well hmm. as opposed to porn addiction. Okay. But I do know from like the broad scope of porn addiction, what's happening, right? Is you want to think to the porn that you've watched in the past and very rarely does it involve any 
kind of um, act the actual like I say seduction, not just to entail like getting a woman into bed, but the whole process of falling in love, because porn is just a cheap story that inevitably leads to two people having sex. What ends up happening with men, right, is it desensitizes them to the aspect that, oh, I actually have to say hello to her. I actually have to introduce myself to her. I actually have to ask her on a date. I actually have to have the emotional well-being to develop a relationship. I actually have to do something to get pussy, (laughs) to put it plainly, right? And you watch porn and, you know, it's whatever it may be. She's stuck in a dryer crying out loud. And then, bam, there's pussy. That's right. You know, some of those clips. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the tricky part, right? Is that's the whole thing with porn and the whole novelty and the Coolidge effect. You got dudes who, like I said, they are watching content that they are aroused by, Mm -hmm. but they would never do. And they Mm -hmm. know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So that creates and that perpetuates the whole shame cycle. And that's one thing that I have to help all men work through is the whole like you are not actually attracted to what you're watching. Mm. Your brain needs that level of stimulus to achieve climax or orgasm or to get off to it. Mm-hmm. So what I have to do is I, I both help men rewire their subconscious mind. Mm. I help them break the dopamine dependency and then I help them implement other healthy emotional coping mechanisms. So Mm. instead of not facing their emotions, they can actually allow themselves to feel it. And as a result, become more masculine, right? Mm. Because one of the pinnacle uh, character traits of masculinity is emotional control. If you cannot control your emotions, you are not a man. Well, yeah. And you're of no use to the tribe, right? So to speak. Yeah, no, this is true. This is true. That's very interesting. So I wonder if do you, I think I feel like a lot of what we're talking about this has got to be within the last 50 60 years or or 100 years like there was a time when just living was enough was enough you know like you you were concerned with <laughs> with staying alive you know right and now here we've right. made ourselves a problem where I can watch people fuck on a on a screen and it's uh, you know it's it's whatever it's doing but it's it's robbing me of my humanity right it's it's tricky because if you look at society, we live in an age where man and woman, where we are more capable of doing anything we want mm-hmm. and any point in time to now everyone is either so busy or they don't have the resources to actually go out and pursue those things or they have limiting beliefs that prevent them from mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Or it's just societal circumstances. So the point I'm making is we live in a point in time where men and women can do essentially whatever we want. Right. But we're the most unhappy collectively we've ever been. And in large part, that's because we're all caught up in living in fantasies. Right. I, I yes. also along the lines of quitting porn, I've started to notice areas in my own life recently where I'm almost getting sucked into this wanting something that I don't yet have. And then it's inhibiting me from pursuing that in my real life. So I'm starting Mm. to notice, like I recently got Netflix and (laughs) I've spent a lot of time, not a lot of time, more time than, than you um, would want to more. Yeah. More time than I would want to watching TV shows and pick in picking on like TV shows of people going out and having adventures So what's happening is we're living vicariously through 
things like movies, video games, and porn. And this is mm. especially true for us men, you know, because we are wired to want to have an adventure. We're wired to uh, want to have a mission, right? Yes. We need a purpose that is greater than ourselves that we can pursue. Otherwise, we're not going to get out of bed in the morning. So what ends up happening with TVs, video games, and porn is we're able to have all of the neurochemical buttons pressed mm. that tell our brains, this is enjoyable. We're getting pleasure from this. Keep doing it. Mm -hmm. As opposed to actually getting up, going out and going on an adventure for yourself. Right. That's... You know, it's easier to watch a road tripping movie than it is to actually go out and road trip. And sure, people will tell themselves, oh, well, I can't road trip because of my job or whatever it may mm -hmm. be. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, are you going to be quote unquote man enough to get up and do the thing, face the uncertainty, face the discomfort. Sure. Or are you going to accept, you know, late night Netflix binge sessions that inevitably lead to watching porn? Yeah. Well, that's a great point. And I hadn't even thought about it necessarily like that. But you're right. Is is just as much as we're wired to fuck, we're, we're wired to, to go and do and be and build. And streaming services and all those things are a cheap substitute how how far down the rabbit hole as far as how insidious and how evil and how purposeful that this is do you go how how much how much do you blame entertainment companies pornographers capitalism whoever you want to blame how, how far do you <laughs> you know i capitalism. love capitalism by the way i do too yeah, do you, I, yeah, I'm yeah. Definitely how much blame do you place and and how how much good is it to even place the blame anywhere other than on me the the end user so to speak I want to burn the porn industry to the ground and it's not just because of what it has done to men. It's also because what it's done to children, what it's mm -hmm. done to women and what it's doing on a societal level mm -hmm. and what it stands for, what it's promoting everything. The porn industry is evil. Porn itself is evil. But at the end of the day, you know, at this point in time, me burning the porn, <clears throat> excuse me, me ending the porn industry to the ground is me helping men burn the desire to watch porn out from within themselves. Sure. So do I go as far as to blame these institutions at the end of the day, it's the weak will of mm. mankind that mm. even leads them to pursue yeah. um, vices or not, not even the weak will. Sometimes it's just the genuine having no idea what it will turn into. Right. If you told nine year old me that looking at provocative wallpaper photos <laughs> on an app that didn't even show me tits was going to lead to a nine, 10 year long porn addiction. Yep. First and foremost, I would have had no idea what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> right. Because you're nine. <laughs> right. In this scenario. But yeah, so there's there's just there's so much to it. Do I go as far as to say I, I'll say the porn industry is evil and one way or another it needs to be stopped and people need to see it for what it actually is. Mm -hmm. Is it the reason why men are addicted to porn? I mean, it's they're they're finding porn through it, but you don't <laughs> yeah, have that's to, not an easy question to answer. To have, yeah, you don't have to have an answer. And I, I wonder that too is like they make it so damn easy. And they, and so yes, much of it do is make it easy. And so much of it is free and so much of it is cheap and you really have to But again, if from a business point of view, it's like they just want to get the stuff out there. I Here's my thinking is like what good is it to blame blame the pornographers, blame Netflix, blame Facebook? 
I would probably much rather blame the weak people who can't live in this society. Like I was right. one of them. And finally I said, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's benign. It's, it's my problem to deal with. I'm actually the problem. Right. Yeah. And that goes full circle to what we started off with, with, you know, talking about responsibility. Had you not taken responsibility, right. had I not taken responsibility, then we'd still be hopeless coomers with a host <laughs> of other problems. For sure. Many problems. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of problems. Well, let's talk about uh, that, Dave, if we could. What There's real issues if you're chronically masturbating, like on a hormonal level, right? On a physical level. Yes. Yeah. So the tricky part with the the hormonal side is and this is where like it is problematic with capitalism ooh capitalism <laughs> the whole like with scientific research people mm. you know unbiased studies quite frankly do not exist right mm. everybody's got a True. bias everybody wants those studies to say something mm. so that's where people will say you know they'll you'll read the research like there's one study that's very commonly cited as far as like why porn and masturbation is bad and it goes to say that seven days after ejaculating a man's testosterone levels peak by as much up to 40 percent the tricky part is after it peaks it then returns to a baseline right so in theory you know you could almost say to someone who masturbates and watch porn they're like oh well i could watch porn you know a week once a week mm. and then seven days later my testosterone is going to peak so is it so much so that porn is affecting testosterone levels? Um, that's hard to say. I haven't seen any conclusive research that says one way or the other, mm -hmm. but my gut says there's something going on. I don't know exactly what it is. I do know that, you know, the, the no fappers will, and I, and I have, I don't like the no fap community. So to say, I don't, always get on with the semen retention community okay but i do know that there are necessary nutrients that we need mm. in order for our body to make testosterone right one of those is going to be magnesium i've got my cup of magnesium over here right another on. one of those is going to be vitamin d mm. we also need cholesterol for our body to create testosterone mm -hmm. so one thing that is happening right is our semen is also built up by, you know, it's got, you know, zinc. That's another yeah. one that's good for testosterone. Yep. Zinc is in your semen. So if you're spilling your seed, you're effectively, you know, discharging nutrients. And that's, mm -hmm. I guess that's the route that the semen retention group takes. Right. But the tricky part, the tricky part is it takes up to 78 to 84 days for your body to actually break down old semen mm. and reabsorb the nutrients. Interesting. Right. And most people, <laughs> most no fappers aren't going to not even jack off or have sex for up to 90 days. So what ends up happening is it's more so a, a psychological rewiring that's going on in the brain, yes. or even just the fact that if you are not having sex and you are not masturbating, then the desire to have sex is going to increase. Mm -hmm. And then just the general sensitivity uh, of responding to stimulus or touch or whatever that mm -hmm. may be is also going to increase the, the full on like wanting to, you know, testosterone increasing. Um, I, I, I struggle with wanting to look at it for the science, mm. but then I also remember what 2020 and 2021 turned science into. So I'm very oh skeptical about what mm -hmm. the science says as far as how porn 
affects testosterone levels. Mm. Um, Part of it's also, you know, I tell people that quitting porn is the first step towards living your best life. And in that regard, those who quit porn are also more likely to start getting eight hours of sleep at night. Sleep is incredibly important for making testosterone. If you are not getting good REM sleep, then your testosterone levels are going to be garbage. Mm. Uh, And a lot of people don't know this, but alcohol and marijuana both are terrible for your REM sleep. Terrible. So if you if you sense you're having testosterone issues, you need to cut those out. And that's other than the fact that, you know, the ethanol and alcohol is going to jack up estrogen levels. And there's also an enzyme in uh, marijuana that when you're it's given to the liver, it then does something where it either creates more estrogen or it breaks down testosterone. (laughs) So those are two things that are, well, you can enjoy once in a while. Sure. If you're doing it routinely, especially before you go to bed, then goodbye testosterone. <laughs> so what happens is men that quit porn is they they get their night routines in check. They're sleeping for eight hours at night. They're mm-hmm. starting to lift weights. They're engaging in compound movements. And through that, they're starting to realize, hey, this food I'm eating makes me feel like ass. I need to stop eating it. <laughs> so then they get off of soy. They get off of seed oils. And they start eating real foods like eggs, steak, shrimp, um, fish. And in healthy carbohydrates, as opposed to sodas and potato chips and whatever else are, yeah. you know, their, their whole lives are getting better. And then yeah. they go from that point and they realize how good they feel. And then they start to dive into like the angle of proper supplementing with that. They start to yeah. take magnesium. They start to take black seed oil. And then they become conscious of their brain's neurochemistry. And they realize the reason they're still stressed and anxious because all that is, you know, because of the damage that's happened to their brain over the years, they need to address that neurochemically. And then they start taking things like magnesium, uh, L-glycine, inositol, black seed oil. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on about supplements. I love supplements. <laughs> um, at Grimhood, best dude on Twitter for just nutrition, health, and whatnot. I mean, okay. I'll, I'll search. Anytime I'm interested in a supplement, I go from colon Grimhood keyword to see what he's had to say about it. Nice. And he'll go on and on and on about, you know, magnesium. He's Dr. Magnesium Poppy or something like that. That's his oh, yeah. username. I do follow that guy right now. Shouts yeah. Up, love Grimhood. Grimhood. Um, yeah. Grimhood's great. You should ask him to be on the oh, podcast. Yeah. He's got a hell of a story. I hosted him one time and had oh, a great cool. conversation with him. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I'll reach out with, uh, I'll, I'll throw your name in there. Hopefully that gets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love everything you're saying. I haven't heard enough of that kind of stuff on the show, but I get a lot of that mindset from Twitter and I'm, I'm really happy to be integrating that. So thank you for, for speaking on that. It's, um, we're living in a time now where, like I said, modern life is whether it's food, whether it's porn, whether it's whatever it's, it seems so hell bent on destroying the human body, the human being. Um, and I, I wonder too, though, if the problem is unawareness, you know, I didn't know half of this shit. And oh, every, yes. every time I go on Twitter and I learn something new about, about just what <laughs> plastics, you know, receipt, receipt <laughs> yeah. paper, you know, Dude, literally fluorescent yeah. light, led light, you name it. Yep. And I unfortunately have a led light that's radiating on me right now. So video <laughs> quality is good. <laughs> hey, well, there you go. I mean, Hey, we're all a little bit hypocritical. Let's not, let's yeah. not get too far <laughs> out there. Yeah. As much as I. That's that's the tricky part, right? Is mm-hmm. you could become so neurotic on these things yes. that the health aspects become counterintuitive. Like there have been times when I've been so neurotic about blue light that I I have smart lights, so I can have them pure red, mm. and I'll turn my blue light filters all the way up on my computer monitors, mm-hmm. and I'll have my 
blue light glasses. And then after six o'clock, I'm like just drenched in red. Right. You know, and then I go into the rest of the house. Ah! <laughs> it's so bright everywhere, guys. I'm getting a headache. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know? not... And at that point, it's like, ah, I'm too focused on the blue lights. Sure. I, I'll be fine with this blue light. I'll just have a little extra magnesium tonight. Right. Exactly. You know, that's a good point, too. You can. But modern life is also a life that seems to be uh, built around anxiety. And it's like, if I can, my anxiety wants to latch onto that and then it will, and I'll go way too far down the blue light rabbit hole or the, I did want to actually get back to one other thing. You you were talking about no fap or, or semen retention. That's something that I've been practicing myself. You're talking to a card carrying member of the semen retention <laughs> community. And my friends look at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Uh, it's something that works for me personally, but maybe at some point, maybe it's a placebo too. I'm not sure. Now, have you had much experience or personal? My whole, my whole thing, it's, it's mostly against NoFap because NoFap says it takes 90 days for your brain to rewire. The tricky part is NoFap never tells you what to do to make that rewiring happen. Hmm. They just assume that it will take place on its own. And I mean, eventually it will happen on its own, but there are right. things that you can do. There are things that you can say to yourself that's going to aid that rewiring process. And as opposed to going 90 days without porn, mm -hmm. you can end your porn addiction in 30 days or less, mm. you know. And the tricky part with NoFap is I'm sure you've heard the just don't watch it, bro, advice way more than it was ever helpful, you know. And, and well, yeah. that nugget right there, just don't watch it, bro. That uh, that summarizes all of the NoFap's advice to mm. quitting porn. At least back when I was surfing the NoFap subreddits, you know, it was the typical don't watch it, close the laptop, do push-ups instead. Uh, if you get religious into it, you know, pray more, read your Bible more, mm. focus on becoming a better man. Um, again, always being told to do push-ups or take a cold shower or whatever it is. Right. And while there's a time and a place for those, the tricky part with NoFap is you get an urge to watch porn and your response is, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this other thing. Mm. And what ends up happening is you're not just saying no to porn. You're saying no to the emotional trigger that caused the urge, hmm. right? So you're denying yourself the ability to actually dive in, figure out what you're feeling, why you're feeling, and do something about it. Um, so yeah, my grudge is more so against like the no fap ideology, okay. especially the whole, you know, the, they, they put the 90 day streak. That's their holy grail, right? Mm. You make it to 90 days, you quit porn back in 2018. It was my new year's resolution to quit porn. Mm. And I went 90 days plus mm. and then I relapsed. Mm. And then it wasn't until mid, I think it was June of 2019 when my addiction broke mm. and then tail our very, very beginning of 2020, I was done. You know, that was when the addiction was gone, when it was done with for good. Nice. Um, so the whole, yeah, thank you. So the whole 90 day thing is what was going on is I, I, I didn't address the addiction. I still had the problems. Right. And then I went 90 days plus mm -hmm. and you know, the big mistake I made, the two big mistakes I made, was I stayed up too late mm. and what ends up happening when you stay up too late is you're it's you, you, you become sleep deprived mm. and sleep deprivation is an altered state of mind. Mm. Your thinking is going to be impaired and you're not going to make logical decisions. And when you couple that with the fact that your lateral orbital frontal cortex is shutting down, your ability to make logical decisions is impaired even more. So 
one night in the beginning of April after having gone 90 days porn plus hmm. or porn free plus 90 days without porn. That's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. I stayed up too late. I don't remember how it happened. All I know is it happened. And then the mm. entire month of April, it was just one never ending relapse. It felt like. Damn. So I effectively went 90 days plus. According to NoFap, the addiction should have been broken. Right. But it wasn't, you know, and, and one reason why is because the whole NoFap is if you break your streak, you're starting over from square one. Mm. You know, if you break your streak, you learn from why you relapsed, you apply the lessons, and then you forget it ever happened. You know, I'll tell people, you relapse, learn from it, Mm -hmm. and then keep going. You know, live and learn, forgive and forget. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. Is it going to stop you from making more progress? Only if you let it. You know, so if I had known that just because I relapsed does not mean that I was still addicted to porn, because realistically, if you go... 90 days without any kind of substance you're not addicted to it and what happened was i relapsed and because my identity or because i didn't understand what was it was the the shame was so intense Mm -hmm. that fuck i relapsed i can't believe it right and then also i'm back at square one it's like as if i had never went 90 days right so what other incentive did i have to not watch porn you know, so it was late at night and then I woke up mm-hmm. the next morning and watched it. Next thing you know, like I said, April of 2018 was a, was just one big relapse as far as I'm concerned. Damn. Well, you make a great point, too, that if anyone who's listening who struggles with any amount of addiction is like a relapse is almost necessary for the journey, I would say. But I guess you right. have to keep taking a, a bigger step next time between relapses, probably. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing that. You know, if you're relapsing once a day or multiple times per day, your biggest goal is, you know, increasing the duration of time between relapses over a period of time. So Mm -hmm. if you're relapsing once per day, you want to get to every other day, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And the tricky part, right, is this is where you're breaking the psychological dependency on dopamine. So one thing that I'll tell men to do with my you know strategy of systemic stimuli reduction is this whole notion of weaning yourself off of porn mm. right you go from the porn videos to porn photos mm. to then bikini photos and everything in between right so what happens is you give your your brain just enough dopamine to help withdrawals to help them subside mm-hmm. but not enough dopamine to maintain or sustain the addiction so you're able to break the psychological dependency that your brain has developed on dopamine and not even just a psychological dependency. I mean, an actual chemical dependency, mm-hmm. but that makes it easier to quit. That being said, I've had some people that will learn um, the psychological strategy, the meta separation, the mental framework that I teach. And then they don't even need to wean themselves off because they have that. And they're like, oh my goodness, I just went. 25 days without porn i haven't done that since i was in middle school which is fucked up but good for them (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like the the joke where people how long have you gone without porn Uh, 12 years and they're like wow really 12 years it's like yeah that was the first before i found porn but (laughs) right it was the first 12 years of my life right that's messed up man it's it's almost child abuse in some ways that the porn is as available as it is you know yeah no and that's it, it, every single was are you at least are you 18 years plus 
fuck sure. this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, yeah. that doesn't stop anybody. No child is going to, oh, I have to be 18 to look at this. And that and the fact that they're already showing you nude photos while they're telling you the whole 18 plus thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And I remember, you know, being 16 and one of the exciting parts about the porn addiction was trying to find nude content on Instagram. Okay. You know, because it's the thrill of the hunt. You're replacing the sexual conquest of actually finding a woman with finding a naked woman tucked away in some social Uh, media platform where it's not supposed to be. Huh. You know, it's the thrill of the hunt. That's wild shit. Uh, We should say, how old are you, by the way? Right now? Yeah. I'll be 22 in January. Okay. Okay. Which is interesting. I'm so I'm 10 years older than you, and our our experience with uh, sexual content on social media is very different because you had talked about some of that stuff on that Renaissance of men podcast, like using Instagram, whatever my experience was, was more the rise of, of the rise of internet porn coincided with my addiction to it. And it, it was, you know, using things like LimeWire, using things like Napster, Kazaa to, to download one picture and just hope or one 30 second clip, you know, it was, right. it was less available, but it was still just as available if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Now you can find it anywhere. I mean, it's on Twitter for crying out loud. I can't tell you how many times. um, Well, it doesn't happen anymore because I have so many words blocked. I've got politics. I got political words blocked. I've got everything pertaining to COVID blocked. Oh, really? Um, Any (laughs) good idea. Yeah. It's it just it makes me mad, man. And that's the that's the tricky part is it's the psyop and the fact that what better way than to discourage the men than to show them something that there's nothing they can do about. Hmm. Right. That internal rage you feel when yeah. you hear about some dude that molested a little girl. Mm. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. And that in and of itself is emasculating in a way because it's like, fuck, I want to tear someone's head off. But you can't. Right. There, there's, you know? there's an... So I try to stay away from those black pills. Cool. Um, and then actually try to do something about it by getting men off of porn. So then that way they don't actually... You know, and that's that's the tricky part with porn. Teen is one of the most searched for words on mm. any porn website. Um, so other than the fact that, you know, young women are going to be the most attractive and fertile, which makes sense from a primal level and a mm-hmm. male biological level. Right. But that leads to not good things. Not well. Yeah, it, d- it devolves into into pedophilia, essentially what we're talking about. Right. Here. And and and. uh the whole family aspect of it. Like, isn't that another pretty popular search term? Like stepsister. Yeah. That's also very popular for who knows why, but apparently, you know, and part of that's the whole, the tricky part, like with porn, right. You're, you're essentially getting off to your shame. Right. And the dirtier, the content, the more excited you're going to feel. And the more like, Ooh, I shouldn't be watching this. It is. So in a sick, twisted way, you're, you're, yeah, you're getting off to mm-hmm. the fact that you're ashamed. And, you know, and that's the whole shame cycle, you know, and the whole relapse cycle. You feel bad, so you watch porn, and then you watch porn, and you feel worse. <laughs> you feel ashamed, so you watch porn, and then you watch porn, and you feel more ashamed. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I wanted to go back there to something you said about about what you might like other forms of like it's colloquially people say you know rage porn, fear porn, whatever anger porn, whatever like the the psyop angle of what you're saying like we present people with all this shit that they can't do anything about 
And it, it what, right. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I, I find myself asking the same question: Is what is the end game here? And and who, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But a, a, a population that's stamped down and and easily manipulatable uh, seems easier to control, I suppose. Right, one hundred percent. And that's one reason why porn is so mainstream. It's easier to control men that are addicted to porn. Mm-hmm as opposed to men that have a family and children and something to fight for. Mm, great point. You know, yep. it's easier to control the men that are addicted to Uber eats and Netflix and porn and video games. And the men who are actually going out and hunting and building for themselves a life and a family hmm. because they've got skin in the game, man. Right. They've got skin in the game. You, you have nothing going for you as a man. If you are slothful in your own lust and greed and, gluttony as opposed to the man who is actually taken you know because the man who the man who pursues the family who has a beautiful wife who has strong beautiful children mm. who has the job that he loves who has the life that he loves mm-hmm. is not that much different than the man who is addicted to porn who is addicted to food who is addicted to video games who is addicted to netflix and who works a job or a nine to five that they hate and they despise right because the man who has it and the man who doesn't, they have the exact same drives. They're just being channeled into different things. Mm. You know, and, and yes, the man who has what he wants also realized that he's got to face things and he's got to embrace the discomfort, mm-hmm. embrace the suck before he can, you know, experience fruition of his labor. Right. And the man who's addicted, he is addicted. He is depressed, but he's comfortable. Mm. Right. And that's the whole thing. And that's something that I've been realizing in my own life recently is I'm comfortable, especially in my geological, like my physical location. I'm comfortable where I'm at. But there's a big difference between being comfortable and being happy. Right. And I realized, like, if I want to be happy Mm -hmm. in a in a in a geographic loc, then just in a place in this world. Sure. Then I got to do things that are going to be uncomfortable. You know, and I know yeah. it's like it's on the other side of that discomfort. It's right. on the other side of doing those hard things. So, yeah, the yeah. man who has it all can in the real world compared to the man who has it all in the virtual world. <laughs> it comes down to two things. They've channeled their energy differently. Mm. And the man who has it has channeled his energy into something that's going to get him what he wants. Mm. And he's also willing to do the hard things to get there. Right. You know, I don't need to be married to know that it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. I don't need to have kids to know that having kids is not going to be the easiest thing in the world. Right. Um, I already have my dream job, so I don't need to be told that living your dream job is also not the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the Twitter gurus say it's the easiest thing ever, and then you realize you got to do some boring stuff over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, I love what I do enough that it, it justifies, right? The end justifies the mean. And also yes. the whole concept of quitting porn with long-term gratification as opposed to short-term gratification, the long-term gratification of me doing the tedious tasks is I get to work with even more men mm. and help them quit porn. And in me helping to bless their lives because of the dynamic, you know, being a coach, they're also helping to bless my life with yes. the fact that I get to pursue what I want to pursue because I don't have a boss telling me to pursue something for his own gain and I'm getting $10 an hour for it. Right. Right. No, that's all very well said. There's a bunch of stuff there. I don't have to recapitulate it. You said it all. What, <laughs> what did life look like to you or what does life look like to you? Had you not beat the addiction? 
where do you, you know, where do you see yourself? Uh, well, if I, I've always been in kind of this masculinity self-development sphere. Mm. I actually started writing for a blog, um, come 2015 tail in 2015 my first article would have been published on december 15th mm-hmm. uh, of 2015 and then i would have almost been turning 16 so i've always kind of been in this masculinity self-development um sphere and movement mm-hmm. but you know the porn addiction loomed and was over that for such a long time that mm-hmm. had i not quit porn uh, I mean, I, we wouldn't be having this conversation, obviously, but I would still be, you know, an unhappy coomer. You know, it yeah. was when I started to realize, hey, whenever I watch porn, I don't talk to women as much. Right. When I watch porn, I don't have as much confidence. When I watch porn, I don't feel on fire for life. Mm. It was when I started to realize those things. Right. And then when I would then start to want to watch porn, I would remind myself or I'd tell myself, yeah, I could watch porn. There's nothing stopping me. Mm-hmm. And that even right there is a psychological hack. And the fact that you, you almost don't want to deny yourself porn because then your brain's going to want it even more. Right. If you know that you can still get it, you're less likely to like freak out and want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, resuming, I would tell myself, yeah, I could watch porn, mm-hmm. but I feel so confident and energetic right now. Why would I want to watch porn? It's not going to make me feel any better. Right. You know, and then I'd realize because that's that logical thought right there. Yeah. That's that pre-nut clarity, baby. <laughs> and what would end up happening is I'd realize, yeah, I, I actually don't want to watch porn. That's stupid. Why would I do that? Right. You know, that's an interesting point because I, I got to the point where I almost was going to put some software on my computer to prevent me from searching this shit. And I, I didn't go through with that. And I maybe there's something to that where it's like, no, you you have to be stronger than that for real. Right, right. And and I, I don't ever I don't ever tell people to use site blockers for mm. that reason because you're outsourcing your ability to say no to something else. Because right. I've known people, I've known other men who have gone months without porn, and not that they're still addicted to porn when this happens. It's just a devastating relapse that then can lead to more relapses. Mm-hmm. But they'll have their software on their phones, on their computers. And then they'll find an old phone that uh, doesn't have the software on it. Yeah. And then their brain freaks out because mm-hmm. they're like, "Holy fuck, I can watch porn on this. And next thing you know, three hours have gone by and they worked, looked at the dirtiest crap imaginable. And then they feel like dirty crap afterwards. So yeah, the whole thing with the site blockers, I never tell my clients to use it. If they right. do have site blockers, I sometimes even encourage them to take them off. Right. Because there's something else is saying no for them. And when that thing is removed, they're not going to be the ones that say no, right. you know? And yep. the reason I, I advocate for that so strongly is I remember watching a Buzzfeed video about quitting cigarettes. And one of the reasons that cigarette smokers that mm-hmm. were undergoing that experiment were able to quit as quickly as they did was because they always had a pack of cigarettes on them. Hmm. So whenever they wanted to have a smoke, they could, which then also allowed them to say no to the smoke. Right. Right. Yes, it, it keeps the it keeps the power in the hand of the of the of the guy, of the man. That's an interesting point. And the whole problem really with the whole thing is that we're outsourcing our responsibility. Yeah, you know? so we do that with a lot of things in life. Yeah, absolutely. So you gotta be able to say yes and no. That's fascinating. Interesting. so you mentioned the I guess the manosphere or this sort of masculinity <laughs> development. Let's 
spend some time there because there is a lot of really good stuff to be gleaned from that. But my my worry there is that there's just this cult of personality where it's like, well, I just I believe what this guy tells me, you know. And some of the shit he said, he's just he's making money selling that ideology. Don't don't make it no mistake. But I guess. Maybe right. just well, I mean, yeah, I make money off telling dudes to quit porn. Right. right? So I have right. I have my own biases to tell people that mm-hmm. quitting porn is the first step towards living their best life. Sure. But also, you know, right, like I did not make money off of quitting porn when I was the one quitting porn. And it led me to right. live my best life ever. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. yeah, the whole manosphere, there's a lot of people that are making gains off of it financially, and that's where the for for the man right we almost need to have a money mindset shift Mm. and the fact that we look at money as a tool to live the lives that we want to live right when i viewed money as a tool it made it a lot easier to spend five thousand dollars on sales coaching as opposed to me thinking holy fuck i'm about to spend five thousand dollars on someone who's going to teach me how to do something i could learn on youtube right right and since receiving sales coaching my business has grown exponentially, hmm. you know, and it's because I saw the money as, okay, I'm going to learn this skill mm-hmm. that if I know how to sell, I will essentially never go broke. Even if my business fails terribly and I have to stoop as low as to become a used car salesman, <laughs> I at least know I'm going to make money as a used car salesman. Sure. You know, so that's that's the one thing that that's helpful. Yes, there are people mm-hmm. that are asking for money in return of you or in exchange for you to learn something. Mm-hmm. But it's also if it is worth it for you to have the desired outcome that this thing is going to give you. Mm-hmm. then why the fuck would you not spend money on it? Right. Right. You know, I don't just buy steak because I like the way steak tastes. I buy steak because it makes me feel a hell of a lot better right. than when I have a McDonald's double hamburger. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's also outcome oriented. Totally. So I, I guess I say that as kind of like the preface of the whole manosphere. And then you have some people that are just absolute scam artists. Yep. That just that yeah, that are just no good. They're absolutely taking advantage of men that are hurting mm-hmm. because they know they will spend money to get out of their shitty situation. Right. Right. You know, so what's, I mean, good for them for wanting to spend money, but then there are some people who just, they have outlandish promises. uh, And then you buy their thing and then you're like, why the fuck did I buy this? Well, you're right. There's like, for instance, the, like, let's say you buy a course from a red pill pickup artist or, or a guy that tells you how to drop ship and, and build a website. It's like, it's still on you to actually do the work. Like buying the course yes, is really true. is nothing, actually. That's where yeah, that's where we get into like mental masturbation, right? There is yes. such a thing as downloading too many self help ebooks. Such mm-hmm. a thing as reading too many self help books. Right. At the end of the day, you're getting dopamine from the fact that you feel like you're achieving something without actually doing it, and you need to get up and actually do it. Hundred percent. A lot of men do not like doing it because <laughs> they're addicted to living in a fantasy that already meets their needs. Damn. Yeah, and that could be a porn-related fantasy, or it could be any other number of of content. A lot of the time, it's porn. Oh, yeah. I wonder how many men just among us day to day, and I don't. I'm not trying to preach or to elevate myself above people. I'm just as valuable. But how many people, when they, or even your friends, when they say, you know, I'm trying to improve, I'm trying to do this. The first question should be, how much of your life are you living, and how much are you outsourcing to pretending to live? Yeah. No, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, that's. Um, that, and that's and that's tricky, right? Because for a lot of people, 
they justify uh, living vicariously through mm-hmm. internet fantasies as their way to relax and unwind. Then you have the same people who justify their alcohol abuse or their marijuana abuse as, oh, I'm just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, there are instances, and it's not so much so that the modern man is overworked. It's the fact that modern man is working jobs that do not satisfy him on a primal, yes. masculine, and even a spiritual level, right? There is nothing that is fulfilling about working a desk job in a cubicle under your blue fluorescent lights. Yeah, And, you know, in a, in a roundabout way, I have refused you know, I refused to work a nine to five partially because I was canceled in July of 2021 and I was only working as a sales associate. Um, mm. But I knew, okay, if I'm 2021, no, that happened in 2020 because I was 20 years old. Mm. Um, but I say that, you know, because, you know, okay, I refuse to work a nine to five, but I have effectively spending an awful lot of time on my business mm. in front of two different monitors. Mm. You know, the yeah. benefit is, Today, for example, I woke up and I was like, okay, I have this podcast with you today. And then I have a podcast that I'm hosting mm-hmm. shortly after. I knew because I've recorded two podcasts in one day before in the past. Oh, yeah. And it's exhausting, man. Yeah. So I knew I should probably make sure that I come into this with high energy. Yeah. Um, and for me, I went on a walk before we started recording, nice. you know, and because I know that is going to get me in a great mood and prepare me to use my energy. So yes, I have effectively wanted to escape the nine to five cubicle lifestyle by now spending an awful lot of time in front of my screens, but it's only as much time in front of the screens as I deem necessary on a day-to-day basis. Right. Modern man is there checking their spam, their spam emails and watching porn while they're on the clock a lot more then they're actually doing work. Right. Oh, you're right about that, man. The the modern the modern office culture, that's a whole other horror show of of dehumanization that we could go into and it, there's something about the sitting, there's something about the environment like you say, there's also the the having to be there, you know, where like as following a lot of what you said is like men have to go out and pursue and do. The office is quite the opposite. It's stay there until we say you're done. Yes. You know. And and if you want to be a Marxist about it, it's separation of labor. <laughs> None of the shit that you do is for you. Yeah, a, no, that's true. That's time, true. It, you know, it doesn't teach men how to work or provide for themselves. You know, because like myself running an online business, I have to do, I have to do the work of the boss, and I have to do the work of the employee. So mm-hmm. I have to separate my executive functioning from, you know, like functional functioning, the actual mm. getting shit done part of work. <laughs> so often what I'll do, especially if I'm burned out, I will have I'll, what I'll end up doing is I'll dedicate an entire day to executive functioning, mm. figuring out what I'm going to do, what it takes for me to do it, the breakdown of those tasks. Neat. And then I'll actually sit down and execute mm. as opposed to just running around like a chick with my head chopped off, trying <laughs> to figure out what I'm going to do as I'm supposed to be doing it. So yeah, people that go, you know, into the modern work environment, and everything they're supposed to do is, is you know, effectively handed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or yes, it's already so systematized. Like, I guess with the job that I worked, 
I knew that my responsibilities were primarily to make sure that customers were taken care of. Um, and if there were not customers in the store, I was supposed to make sure the store was presenting itself in an orderly fashion, which right. you know meant taking out the trash, vacuuming, dusting, other stuff like that, which was not me figuring that out right. for my own. So, and, mm -hmm. and then you do have some people, you do have some men where they, and this is no knock against that type of man. There are some men who were not made to lead themselves through, you know, self-entrepreneurship. Yep. That being fair. said, if you look at it through the lens of this is a skill, one that can be acquired, you know, because when I started off working on my online business, I was coming out of studying or I wasn't studying. I was just getting an associate to get my genetics taken care of because I thought I was going to go to college. Hmm. And then the pandemic hit and I realized that colleges were still going to pay full price for online intuition. And then I realized that sounds kind of suspicious. There's no way it's still <laughs> worth online the exact same prices in person. Yeah. So I decided to not go back to college, but you know, I was a college student taking 17 credit hours and working 25, 30 hours a week. Hmm. So everything was effectively told to me by other people. Hmm. And then I yeah. got canceled because of tweets. Well, that's the short story. I got canceled because of tweets. And then all of a sudden it was up to me. Mm. I had to learn my stuff. Right. I had to make my own money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, well, I don't have a teacher telling me what to do. Granted, being canceled didn't prevent me from going to college. That was just me saying I'm done with college. Right. But, you know, I didn't have a job and I wasn't too keen on finding another job because what was the, <clears throat> what was the point? Well, I'm you know? sorry to hear that you were canceled by the leftist mob and your life has been ruined. <laughs> It was temporarily the entire time that it happened. Um, I knew that what I was enduring was good. I knew that it was going to, mm -hmm. you know, like I touched on prior, right? I'm Christian. So sure. I knew that God was going to use that canceling for his good. Mm. And through that, it was going to suck for me for a while. Right. So while I was hurt and lamenting the fact that my social life was uprooted and that I no longer had a job and that my girlfriend broke up with me as the as a result of it. Oh, really? I knew that. Yeah. Or at least some, something like that. I didn't get the full picture. I, I we're better off not together. I was settling in that relationship. Okay. I can say that now. <laughs> hey. um, it still sucked when it was happening though. Yeah. I will, I will fully admit that, but the whole thing with like, my comfort, the peace in my storm was knowing that in order for whatever is going to happen next, mm -hmm. that canceling was going to be used. If I was right. not canceled, I would 100% absolutely still be working at that same spot, making maybe $13 an hour now because inflation has gone up so much sure. because time has passed. Right. I could run the store. I knew it like the back of my hand. I was a sales associate at um, a sports store. I could sell anything from a pair of socks to a $900 treadmill. I was everything other than the assistant manager because it was a family owned spot. And I, you know, I, I can't level up in a family business. Mm. Um, but you know, the point is, is I was making $10 an hour for something that I was very good at. Yeah. And now I'm the world's only quit porn strategist and I make as much money as I put my mind to. So, right. And that's, that's the ultimate thing that, I had to get my head around too, is like the, the potential in me is infinite. The potential in the universe is infinite. I can have it all right. as proportionate to how hard I'm willing to work. If 
I take all the risk in the world of, right. of doing it. You know, and that's where if we're going to talk about the manosphere and gurus, right? Gurus love platitudes and that's mm. top of funnel content. That's what gets people interested. <laughs> sure. um, but mindset is everything, right? We've all heard our favorite gurus say that probably 37 times. But the matter of the fact is mindset is everything. You know, they say those platitudes, they tell you to drink more water because <laughs> you drink more water, you will be happier. That's true. You know, if you <laughs> meditate for 10 minutes a day, you will be happier. Yeah. You know, the gurus, they say these tacky things that get 900 plus likes. Right. But the matter of the fact is if you sit down and implement them, they work. And, you know, I bring up the whole mindset is everything right. thing because the months that I've made the most money, I have had an impeccable mindset. The months that I stooped below and made less than I had in months prior mm -hmm. is because I let my mindset slip away. You know, if and that's where like the whole limiting beliefs and everything come in right. is if you do not believe that you're capable of something greater than you, and if you do not believe yes. that you can do what you put your mind towards, and if you do not believe that you on your own can build a business, you can build a family, find a gorgeous woman, quit porn for example yeah you're not gonna do it you're not gonna do it talk to me specifically about what mindset is to you is it is it a set of is it belief then is it is it a sort of faith in the self or or it's a way of looking at the world to you or that's a good question i let's go with my let's go with my mindset is both belief in myself and then belief in the greater purpose that is my life nice which, you know, is God ordained mm. in my, in my case, I believe that I am the best at what I do when it comes to helping guys quit porn. Mm. I, and whether or not that's true, I do know that my methods are the solution to porn addiction. Cause I have worked with men who have been hopelessly addicted to porn mm -hmm. and they work with me and afterwards they are no longer addicted to porn. Mm. So for me, having that belief that, A, my coaching works, my products work, what I teach works, it makes it easier for me to build a business. And even on an energetic level, right, it makes yeah. it easier for people to perceive that I want to work with King David, you know, because mm. I've had people straight up tell me like, dude, the energy I get off of your tweets is amazing. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I am putting my energy into those tweets. Right. And I don't mean that in like a hokey woohoo way i just mean that when i feel good and i write a tweet that tweet harnesses the energy of me feeling good and other people mm -hmm. feel it you know and that's oh, yeah. tonality and that's because us humans we're a lot smarter than we think we are and we can pick up on the social cues from a 280 character tweet for yep. crying out loud <laughs> and whether or not that actually has anything to do with energy and just without sounding too woohoo i don't know um but for me, mindset, yeah, it, it is a lot of belief, right? Okay. I have full belief and faith in myself that what I'm doing is good, that it is life-changing, and that it is going to continue to change my life. Hmm. One of the reasons why I started my online business, not only because I was canceled, but also because when I am married and I have my own kids, I want to be a present active and involved father mm -hmm. and to me that does not mean working a nine to five where i'm gone monday through saturday <sighs> excuse me <clears throat> where that does not mean that i'm working 
Monday through Saturday with yeah. one day off out of the week. Yeah. That means if my kids want to do something, then you bet your ass I'm going to be able to do something with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had coaching calls with my coaches, right? All good coaches have coaches. I've got, um, I've had five coaches. I have okay. two right now. Um, but anyways, what I was saying is I've been on my coaching calls with my coaches sure. and their kids will like come into frame. And then for those dads, their focus all of a sudden goes from me to their kid. <laughs> and yes, they're also trying to get their kid to go so they can get their focus back on me. Mm-hmm. But me being able to witness that and then mm. putting myself in that position mm. where I will one day be talking about quitting born with dudes and then I'm going to hear knocking at the door for crying out loud and it's going to be my kid. Mm. You know, that's amazing to me. Yeah. You know, and that's that's one reason why I started the business because I know I want I want to have a lot of kids. If you've been following me on Twitter for any duration of time or for an extended period of time, you've probably heard me say that I want 12 kids and I want to homeschool my kids. Oh yeah. And I'm sure as hell not going to have my wife homeschool 12 kids on her own. Cause that <laughs> would not be easy. <laughs> that wouldn't be fair. Would it? No, that would not be fair. And if I'm working from home, mm-hmm. I'll be able to actually teach my kids as opposed to being the stereotypical homeschool principal dad where the kid gets in trouble and then he goes to dad oh no 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 i'll actually teach like history classes and tell them that math is not really going to help them unless they're learning like business math or whatever sure i'll 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 give them (laughs) i'll teach them all the gumroad courses that i've bought that have actually led to (laughs) building my business and my masculinity as opposed to you know whatever the fucking geometry or whatever <laughs> that's hilarious to think about you could you could homeschool your kids based on the shit that actually was important or, yeah. or the stuff oh, that I you could. through trial and error found to be important i wanted to go back to something you were saying and i can't remember exactly how you put it but uh, a lot of men myself included at times didn't have we called it humility we call it well i'm humble well i'm reasonable but Really, it, it sounded like cope, and it felt like you just didn't have the belief in the self. But there is a fine yeah. line because nobody wants the one hundred percent, right? Because nobody wants the one hundred percent cocky ego either. I, I I always like to have a little bit of humility. Maybe it's my Canadianness. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> it's tricky because while I say that I believe that I am the best at what I do. Mm-hmm. I've also had people outright tell me, David, you are the best at what you do. Mm. So it's not just, it's not just unshakable ignorance. It's confidence that's based in something that I've been told by people. Mm. Um, and I say that more or less because it's like, oh, well, I like, so this guy's all full of himself. Oh, there are some days I am full of myself and I have a really good time because of it. <laughs> and then there are other times where I'm like, oh shit, am I actually like good at what I do? Right. That doesn't happen as much because I'm so um, conscious of mindset mm. and the words that I'm telling telling myself. You know, negative self-talk is a hell of a drug and a lot of people are addicted to that one too. Yeah. Where I'll analyze my thoughts and I'll realize, okay, I'm being negative to myself. What do I need to do to counter that? Mm. Um, but as far as like, you know, men being prideful versus... I guess it's the whole like pride versus arrogance. Sure. I'm not, I believe that I am 
the best at what I do, but there are some circumstances where I've had men come to me where they're like, Hey, can you help me with this? And I'm thinking to myself, like, if you give me enough time, absolutely. <laughs> but if we're going to knock this out, like in a short period of time, then like there have been some times where, you know, I'll have a dude who will ask like, Hey, I, I'm not actually addicted to watching porn. Uh, I'm addicted to hooking up with prostitutes. Can you help me? And I'm going to think like, this is probably out of my scope and I should probably, and, you know, and at that point it does right. come down to like, you, you should get help from someone else, man. Mm. You know? So I, I'm the best at what I do, but I also know that there are other people who in certain circumstances might be able to help more than I can. Mm. Or despite me thinking that I'm the best at what I do, there might be other people who are better at it than me, mm. you know? And then my job is to be better at it than they are. Right. Okay. Sure. You, know? you can use that as a driver to, to, to improve yourself. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is you can't just be at the ceiling all the time of I am the best, I am the best because yes, how are you ever going to absolutely improve? Right, yeah, you cannot be if you are the most successful in the room, then you're on the wrong room. <laughs> For sure. You know? Yeah, or it's yeah, time to, to leave be, the room. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, it's time to leave the room. If you're at the top of the totem pole, then right. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. You need other people mm-hmm. who are more successful than you who are going to come in and pick fun at you and then you're going to realize, boo-hoo, I have to get better and then you get better and then you go find another room. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. you always want people in your life that are steps ahead of you. Yes. Always want to be learning from people that are living the life you want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, because what good does it do if you're learning how to live life from the, you know, the mechanic that you're not even interested in being a mechanic from? Right. What good does that do? Right. On the other hand, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I, was, I, was just, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, that's a very basic thing to say mm-hmm. right like oh of course i want to learn how to do life from someone who's not living the life i want to do mm-hmm. but you know and that's that's kind of like the whole platitude thing right? right people don't like platitudes but there's always someone who needs to hear that so to those of you who are listening and you need to find a bigger room find a bigger fucking room already <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for but you also have to be able to see yourself as being the the in the wrong room right like you could just stay in that small pond you know, it's yes. like, and, and limit yourself. Absolutely. Right. And that comes down to the, the tidbits of the discussion we had prior, right. With the whole like comfort versus being happy. Mm. You might be comfortable in that room, but figure out, are you really happy there? Like, do you, if you have this nagging feeling in your gut, in your soul that says there is more for me out there, yep. then why are you not pursuing it? Right. And if you have that feeling, you're right. Because if you can envision something better than where you're at, surely it's there. Right. Yeah. It, many men settle. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, the fear of rejection and not just the rejection from women, but the fear of life itself rejecting right. you is very daunting, you know. And for many men, it is safer for them, or they perceive it as safer to settle than it is for them to actually go out and expose themselves. Because no great man achieved greatness simply because it was, well, they're not, you have some men that have achieved things because it was handed to them, but no truly great man mm. ever achieved greatness because it was handed to him. It was because he became the man that was worthy of that yes. greatness, Yes, right? You have to become worthy of the skills that you learn, the business that you run, the women that you meet, the relationships that you build, the body that you build. Mm-hmm. 
you're not going to have those things if you are a mediocre man right. who is okay with third place or is okay with second place. Sure. And sure, there are some times in life where you have to delegate. What are you going to pursue? Are you going to pursue your business? Are you going to pursue your body? Are you going to pursue your relationships? Are you going to go all in on one thing? Or are you going to delegate it to things over a period of time? Mm. What's that going to look like, right? And that's where like balancing your energy is important. Mm. Are you, because there have been times with business where I've had the business days where I am surviving off of stimulants more than I am off of food and water. Sure. You yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the day, you, you look in the mirror after a few days of living off of stimulants and you realize that's not sustainable. Not and then I, you know, trade business for food and exercise. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I feel so good. Right. So, yeah, it comes down to finding balance and making sure that you're treating your energy with respect and recognizing that you, you have different kinds of energy, right? You mm. have a creative energy, which ultimately, as we've discussed prior, is if channeled incorrectly, it leads to porn. Right. You have a creative energy. You have an energy that's dictated for correction, more of like an editing energy. Sure. You have an energy for pursuing yourself with your health and your mental health. Mm. And then you have an energy that you can use to channel into you know, work and business. Mm. So there's multiple different energies, as it were, right. that men have or different drives. And what ends up happening is if you go all in on one kind of energy, you'll burn yourself out before you can go in with the other energies. Mm. Or you may realize that you're not using up enough of all the other ones, which can cause problems. But one thing that I've had to learn to do, right, especially since I've started doing my own online business stuff is delegating my energy as mm. much as I would love to, you know, do podcasts all the time with people. Mm -hmm. These are very as great as they are for like my energy levels. Cause I am extroverted. Mm. I know once I'm done with this podcast and I'm done with the other one I've got coming up soon, I'm just gonna, I might watch more Netflix than necessary, but that's because <laughs> that's I gotta okay. recharge, you know? Sure, you do, you do. That's, that's very interesting stuff, man. I gotta take that home and think about it. The energy. I, I wanted to say one thing you were saying about how no man is handed greatness, which is, I mean, that may well be the title of the episode. I love that. Uh, but <laughs> think about what it is that they're handing out for free. And you can, you know yeah, what I mean? Porn. Right? Porn. Netflix is pretty cheap. You don't have to work too hard for... 10 bucks a month. I wanted to ask you about, about the energy specifically. And I saw that you, you mentioned energy transmutation as far as channeling yes. the sexual energy or the various energies you're talking about into useful. Is that a physical uh, practice or is that a mental thing? For me, it is mental. I know okay. there are some people who like, you know, meditate and channel their chakras mm -hmm. For me, I break sexual transmutation and really just any energy transmutation down into um, recognizing that there is something I need to do, making a conscious decision to commit to doing that thing, and then committing to doing it. Okay. So, for example, one of the reasons why I decided to go on my walk today was not just because I knew it would be good for my energy, but mm. because while I was doing my journaling, I'm a big journaler. Nice. Me too. There was, yeah, it's so good. And that's, in fact, that's one thing that I tell dudes like that right there is a quick porn tip that you didn't know you need, but need to start implementing. Yes. Journaling. 
that's that should be your therapist, Preach. right? <laughs> you journal is your therapist and then find a coach who actually helps you get what you want. Sure. Um, but anyway, so I was journaling and, you know, I'll turn to journaling when I'm in a, a tense environment or when I feel my energy is disrupted. Right. So, for example, this morning I was feeling anxious. OK. And I view anxiety as it is your body's way of telling you you need to do something. Mm. Yeah. So I was totally. journaling. And like, I kind of like, oh, I could go on a walk. The weather's pretty nice. It's not too cold, but the sun's out. So it's more tolerable. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, but I kind of got to eat and I've got these calls and maybe I should do other work before I get on the calls. Uh, and then I got to the very end of that journal and I just wrote down, I'm going to go on a walk. I went downstairs, grabbed something with some carbs. So I'd have a little energy to sustain me. Mm -hmm. And I went on that walk. And it's, nice. you know, dude, as soon as I wrote down, I'm going to go on that walk. I felt the anxiety lifted. I could wow. not believe it. You know, and I, and I have that happen all the time, but it's because I was conscious. Right. I knew my energy was disrupted. I knew there was something I could do and there were multiple different things I could do right. to alleviate that. But for me, I decided to go on that walk. And then I went on that walk and I came back and now I'm talking to you and I still feel pretty damn good. Good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Yeah, there is something about that. Hey, when you when you make the decision, because the anxiety loves to just present you with the fact that there's endless things you could do. Surely there's something you should do. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit here paralyzed. But you right. writing that down, you you cut that anxiety, cut it, cut off the head, right? Cut the head off the snake, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, and if there's anything I want listeners to take from what I just said, and really to just better your life in a whole mm -hmm. is to recognize like what I just said, anxiety is your body's way of telling you, you need to do something <sighs> lying down in bed, taking another nap, Ugh. watching another TV show is not doing something. No, you no. need to do something mentally where you're solving your problem or you need to do something physically yeah. when you, where you are solving your problem. If the anxiety is caused by negative emotions like boredom, loneliness, depression, then you need to figure out, or if it's more of a practical thing like loneliness or mm -hmm. stress, then sure. those are caused by something that you can do, mm. and then you will then alleviate that tension. And this is with quitting porn. If you are lonely, mm -hmm. go out and meet people. Right. Well, honestly, I, I really think we, we covered just about everything I had hoped and more. Um, yeah, maybe do you want to just state again, if somebody wants to hear more about you or, or find out more about you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so the best way to reach out to me is to follow me on Twitter. That's mm. currently the only social media that I'm on, but mm. I do have plans to branch on to other platforms. But right now you can find me at KingDavidQPS. Mm. That's a capital K on the King, capital D on the David, capital Q, capital P, capital S. Mm -hmm. Shoot me a DM. Tell me you love me or something. doesn't make a difference. <laughs> uh, if you have questions about quitting porn, ask me a specific question so I can give a specific answer. Nice. If you ask me how to quit porn, I will send you a link to my coaching program. <laughs> um, if you give me a specific thing, I will give you an answer. And then if you are interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one so we can take my quit porn expertise and my quit porn strategies and mm -hmm. apply those to your specific situation, right. 
then go to enroll.quitpornstrategies.com. Click the big green button, fill out an application to work with me, and we'll go from there. And I will say this, big benefit of coaching and just coaching in general, right? If you mm. are looking for a coaching program or you're hesitant to pull the trigger with anyone, mm. just know that you can Google, and I will use quitting porn, you can Google how to quit porn all you want but you will never find an answer that is for your specific situation mm. until you work with the expert. And that's one reason why I've got dudes that are 20 years plus addicted to porn that are able to work with me. And when I, and I'm able to take everything I know, mm-hmm. combine it with their experience with their own addiction mm-hmm. and get them off of porn in 30 days or less. So you can find me on Twitter at King David QPS or you can apply to work with me by going to enroll.quitpornstrategies.com and clicking the big green button. Beautiful. We'll get all that info in text form in the show notes too so people can pursue that. I hope I hope this helps somebody. I have no idea, but it definitely helped me think about what what addiction was. Porn addiction. I think I, mine was whatever. I'm not going to go into it, but it's it's neat to hear that it's really neat to hear from somebody else about it cuz it's it's also not something that's talked about. Uh, openly no it's not that's one of the reasons why the shame cycle is so bad it's because people don't talk about it and you'd think that places that would talk about it more like a church for example Mm. are admittedly the ones that are arguably handling it the worst do you think that's by design or or is it just still so shameful because we're in a time now where like we'll fucking talk about just about anything but. Right. It's tricky because the church only views porn as a sin. Okay. Right. You are lusting after a woman that is not yours. Therefore, you're committing a sin. Okay. It's a sexual sin. Mm-hmm. So it's a sin against your own body. Mm. But they do not view it as an addiction, as in the fact that you're not just turning to porn because it is a sin and you're giving into your flesh, as it were. Right. But you are turning to porn because your brain has a psychological dependency on dopamine and on porn, and you're using it as an emotional escape, and you're using it as a coping mechanism for emotions that you are not willing to handle for the church. It is just a sin. Hmm. Oh, you watch porn, and you're committing a sin. You must pray more and read your Bible and ask for forgiveness and all that stuff, which, yes, that's good. Do that, absolutely. But at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to pray your porn addiction away. I had a <laughs> client who was actually a pastor. Mm, um, wow. Older in his, he, he, he was in his, or he's still, I mean, he's still alive. I'm not working with him currently because he does not need me anymore. And that's my job to nice. no longer be needed. There you go. Um, but in his late fifties, pastor of a church. And he told me like, he would always pray to, for God to take his porn addiction away. Mm-hmm. And he realized that the prayer was answered in the form of God putting me in his life because I was then able to show him, this is what you do, right? And the whole church, just pray more, read your Bible more is in line with the no faps, go do pushups. Don't watch it, bro. Is because you are ignoring the reason why you are turning to porn. You're doing something else in place of it. Yes, you can pray God, please, you know, help me deal with this temptation. But Mm. at the end of the day, you need to ask God, God, show me why I feel this way. And you can even ask yourself that question if you're not religious. And I would almost advocate even those who are religious to just ask yourself outright, because you're working with your subconscious mind. 
ask yourself, why do I want to watch porn? I guarantee you, if you ask yourself and you start asking yourself, why do I have an urge to watch porn? Mm -hmm. Where is it coming from? And you follow that train of thought Mm -hmm. every single time you get an urge. And then when you identify the problem and create a game plan or a solution to solving that problem, you will quit porn. That in and of itself right there is instrumental. And I know there are people who will hear that Mm -hmm. and they won't take it seriously because it's free advice. They were just given off of a podcast. (laughs) I have people that pay me to tell them that guys, (laughs) come on, apply that. I really, I really, you're speaking my language because even not to be critical of religion, but it's like, to pray, to, to do to read the Bible, whatever, you're not gonna pray your porn addiction away, as you say. It's externalizing, right? right? It's it's taking the onus of you to do the hard introspection off of you. Right. And God can absolutely be an accomplice in that introspective work. Sure. But at the end of the day, you gotta be the one that sits down and opens up the journal yep. and gets the pen ready. You gotta be the one that does the work god can give you the strength to do the work but you have to be the one that does the work right because the whole i love to tell people you got to get up off your knees and do something about it like you can pray all you want but at the end of the day you got to get up off your knees because even in my own life i recognize that god opened up the doors gave me the opportunity to do the line of work that i'm in now and in large part, because I was canceled and he allowed that timeline to unfold. Mm. But it's also because I took, I didn't, I mean, I didn't take the reins in the sense like I took control, but I saw something, I prayed about it and then I ran with it. Right. And God's like, yeah, you're going to do that. I'm going to let, let you do that. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, if I, you know, if I didn't want to pursue these things then God would not have used these things. That's a great way to look at it. It's like, no matter how you want to look at your relationship to God, it's like you still are the are the human actor here. You, right, right. Like you can have all the strength and all the you know you can have the vision, but you still got to execute, so to speak. Right. No, that's great, man. I, I love what you're I love what you're preaching, so to speak. I love your brand and and you're empowering men to get themselves out of a mess that they have to admit that they got themselves into. Yes. Yeah. That's absolutely true, man. You gotta. The first step towards quitting porn is admitting you have a problem and then telling other people that you have a problem. Right. You know, because that will help break the shame cycle. You tell people I have a porn addiction, but I'm going to quit. Then you will feel a weight lifted off of your shoulders. And for those listening, if that person's got to be me, that person can be me. I keep my DMs open for a reason. He does, folks. (laughs) I DM'd him and look look at us now. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Absolutely. Well, David, I'll give you a chance to decompress and get ready for your next podcast, but I thank you for your time. And uh, again, yeah, huge. Just thank you. And and thank you for sharing the wisdom today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I had a great time talking with you. I enjoyed the conversation and I hope that your podcast continues to reach the right men, land on the right ears and lead them to change their lives and do great things. I hope so too, man. And you're a big part of that. So Let's uh, let's link up again. Maybe six months or a year. We'll see. We'll see where we're at. Yeah, sounds good. Beautiful. Sounds good. Okay, take care, man. Yeah, you too, brother. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. 
If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.